from Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the second service. How's everybody? You seem a little quieter than the first. The first were more awake than you guys are at the second. Hello to everybody that's online. If you're here with us as well, welcome. We're excited that you're here. It's still really strange that I'm talking to people in the room and then also online, uh, but I'm so glad that you're with us. We're going to get right into it today, so if you have a Bible, you can turn to Mark chapter 8. We are walking through the uh, book of Mark together. We've been doing this for some time, and once in a while we take some detours and we, we venture and we take a look at something else, and then we kind of come back and, and go through the book of Mark. We're going to be hanging out here till the end of November, and then we'll get into a Christmas series and see what the new year has for us. We're in Mark chapter 8. This is the 19th Mark talk, the 19th, part 19. All right, that's a long series. Are you with me in it, though? Three of you are. Great. That's awesome. That's all I need is three. Mark chapter 8 and 4. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. It says this. Then he, meaning Jesus, called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. If you're sitting next to somebody, say deny. If you're online, you can type it in the chat. Say deny. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man, which is a Messiah term, will be ashamed of them when he comes into his Father's glory with the holy angels. Let's just bow our heads and pray as we get into this this morning. Father, we just uh, we thank you that we can come and we can worship. Thank you that we can do this freely, God, even in the middle of everything that's going on in our nation, in our, in our world, in our province. Lord, we pray, God, that as we open our hearts to your word, would you speak to us very clearly? Would you, would you penetrate, God, the, the depths of who we are and, and just reveal truth to us and show us grace and show us love as we take a look at this section of Scripture, what it means to deny ourselves and follow after you, God. We bless you, God. This is all for your glory. It's all for your name, God. And we pray, God, that as we receive from your word today, that we would respond to it in accordance with your will and purpose today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You know, there's a, there's a few messages that I feel like I preach that are really nice, and like I'm just hitting, like I'm bunting, if this is baseball, I'm bunting, I'm just trying to get someone on first place, but today's like a heavy hitter kind of day, so like you might need to like buckle up a seatbelt or hold on to your chair, or, you know, grab someone's hand because it's just, it's just a heavy hitter this morning. My question for you the, as we kind of journey is how far will you follow? How far will you follow Jesus? And as you follow Jesus, where will you draw the line? Is there a line for you? My challenge for us all is regardless of our, of our faith journey, I think sometimes there are lines that we draw. 
This is as far as I'm willing to go until this point. But my challenge for you and the challenge of Jesus is to go beyond the line, to go beyond it. I heard of a, of a new uh, or newer diet this week for vegetarians who still like to eat meat. They call it, about three years ago, they, they started calling themselves new vegetarians. And there were people that mostly ate a vegetarian diet, but they still like steak and bacon and greasy foods and chicken wings, you know. And as I was looking into this, I thought, this is really interesting because I'm one of these people. I eat mostly a plant-based diet, but I still like meat and I still eat meat. It's for vegetarians who are vegetarian, but when they just feel like it or it's being served, you know, or just they have that desire that they just can't, you know, let go. They just, they eat meat. Now, real vegetarians didn't like this. Real vegetarians who are actually vegetarians didn't like this. And so these new vegetarians coined a new phrase for themselves. They called themselves flexitarians. They're flexitarians. It's flexible. I can be vegetarian. I can be a carnivore. It doesn't matter. It's how I feel in the day. And I got to thinking a little bit. This is kind of a, how a lot of us treat faith. We're flexitarian when it comes to our faith and follow, uh, following of Jesus. People decide to pick and choose what they like when it comes to following Jesus. Well, if I like this teaching, or I'm going to keep it. If I don't, I throw it out. You know, if I like this, this, uh, this command in Scripture, this idea, then I keep it. Well, whatever I don't like, I just throw out. I'm mostly Christian, except for when I don't like be what's being taught. Or I'm mostly a follower of Jesus, except for when it doesn't benefit me. It's like I'm saying I'm mostly vegetarian, except for when I want to eat meat. You know, in our world today, people are less and less committed. We live in a, in a world that is less and less committed. We have a commitment problem. We are committed up until the point we, till we stop seeing the benefits of what we're committed to. But the challenge of Jesus and the cha challenge that we see in scriptures is to go beyond the benefit to go beyond the benefit even when it's costly. And I got to thinking about people in the Old Testament like Elisha, the prophet who was called to, to be the next big prophet of God. And he was a farmer. And he was farming when he was called. And he literally burned the plowing equipment that he was farming with to stop him from turning back to his old way of life. He was all in. And that's the challenge of Jesus to go all in even when it's costly. And I think we all know this, that anything that's worth having is costly. Family, it's a beautiful thing. It's amazing, but it's costly, right? It requires sacrifice. It requires hard work. Marriage, it's a beautiful thing, but it's costly. Kids are a beautiful thing, but they're costly. You want to run a marathon. That's super impressive, but it's going to cost you anything worth having. It's going to cost you sacrifice. It's going to cost you energy. You're going to have to give up something. Salvation in the same way. Although it's free, following Jesus is going to cost you. Because Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must what? Deny themselves. You want to follow after me? You must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. He's not building a fan base. He's not trying to fill a room on a Sunday morning. He's not looking for just the crowds. It's like, let's get as many people to come. And let's have a big party. And we'll call it church. It'll be great. And everyone will be happy. 
He's looking for servants. He's looking for people who are going to be with him on this journey to build his, his kingdom. And this, this flies against everything we know in our culture and everything that's kind of innate in who we are because in our culture and, and in deep down inside in our, in our nature is this desire for self. It says amass possessions and, and gain for yourself and get ahead and, and serve yourself and, and win and, and, and think, of, think of you. But, but the challenge of Jesus is to, no, to don't, don't do that. Give up your preferences and, and give up your desires and, and follow after me. Den, deny yourself. Now, we have to read this um, in the context of what's going on. Whenever you're reading scripture, it's important to, to read the verse, read the passage, but then look at what's happening in the whole story there. Because you're going to get a better picture of what, what's happening in the story. And then you'll be better to understand what that means for you today. And so in the context of, of, of Mark and what we're reading here, Jesus is actually confronting their way of what it means to follow the Messiah. So if you were with us last week, but I'll just bring you up to speed, Jesus had asked the disciples, you know, who do you say I am? And Peter, on behalf of the group, says, well, you're the Messiah. And they had in their, they had in their head what, what the Messiah was and who the Messiah would be. And they, they expected the Messiah's rule and reign to look like a certain thing. They expected this military-type ruler to come and set up a kingdom on earth. And, and he would come in power and he'd throw o- over all Roman oppression. And the Israelites will, would kind of take back Israel with force and, and take the rightful place. But Jesus says, no, you don't understand. That's not what I'm doing in my kingdom. I'm not building another Roman Empire, and I'm not building another nation. I'm building the kingdom of God. If you want to be first in my kingdom, you got to come last. And if you want to be great, you got to serve. He said that, he said that if you want to follow where I'm going, if you want to come after me, then you got to sacrifice, and you got to love, and it's going to be costly. There's no heaven, and there's no kingdom, and there's no crown without first the cross. Whoever wants to be my disciple. So they had this idea in their mind of what the Messiah meant, and he's flipping it upside down. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple. He's not discriminatory in this either. It doesn't matter if you're rich, and you've got 14 million cars in your garage, and you have three houses, and you have a beach house, and you have a vacation house that you can't get to because we're in the middle of a pandemic. It doesn't matter if you're really poor, and you can't afford even to get anything beyond peanut butter and bread, and I don't like peanut butter, I think it tastes gross, but that doesn't matter to the story. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're young and you're just, you're just in school and you're just trying to, trying to figure out what multiplication means and division and, and all these mathematical equations that I don't even use anymore because I'm in ministry. It doesn't matter if you're old and you're like in your 80s and you feel like you've done it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter if you're black or if you're white or indigenous. Jesus says, if you want to follow after me, whoever you are, you must deny yourself. You must deny yourself. See, North Americans have adopted a kind of Christianity that isn't biblical. And I'm going to say that all of us, to some degree, fall into that. And this is myself included. See, our, our version of Christianity isn't like what we'd see in the early church. The early church was willing to do a lot more than we're willing to do. We, we've adopted what you've probably heard the term consumer Christianity. Consumer Christianity is I, I come and I consume, and if it fits my preferences, if it fits my, my liking, then I'll stay. No, this service and this worship and this preaching, it's, if I don't like it, I'll go find another church. 
We're in the middle of a pandemic. You can go to church anywhere right now. You can go to church anywhere in the world because we're online. You're sitting in your house right now. You're watching online. You can watch any church. If you don't like it, you can go out. I don't like this. I'm going to go somewhere else. Have you ever heard someone say this, or maybe you've said this, I'm just not being fed there? Like, we treat church like a restaurant. I don't like the food. And I don't know about you, but I don't wait to go to a restaurant to eat. Right? I had breakfast this morning. And before, usually if I go out to dinner with a nice date with my wife, which is rare, I have food before that. And I had food the day before. But we treat church like food. And if it doesn't suit our preferences, we're gone. We'll go elsewhere. I don't think that's what Jesus had in mind when he said, you must deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. He's playing follow the leader. Do you remember that when you were a kid? The game follow the leader. I used to love that as a kid. You just follow the leader. It was the easiest game. Wherever the leader went, you had to go. And there was only one rule. If you avoided going where the leader went, then you were out of the game. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's, he's, he's leading us into an abundant life. He's leading us into a full life. He's leading us to eternal life. But along the way, he's going to places and he's going to reveal to things that we may not like. But he's saying, if you want to follow after me, you have to deny yourself, your preferences, your style, your likings, what you believe to be true. Follow after me. Now I want to give you four things that that I believe it, it, the cross, what it means to take up our cross, means for us today. So the, the first is this opposition. See, crucifixion um, was reserved for criminals who had opposed the state. They had broken the laws, and so the state had now opposed them, and they were being you know, crucified for their crimes. If we're going to follow after Jesus, we have to be willing to be opposed for the way in which we choose to live our life, for following after the teachings of, of the Scripture. There are going to be people who resist us. There are going to be people who don't agree with us. And we have to be okay with that. And to be a follower of Jesus means mean willing to face opposition for the way of Jesus, the teachings, the life, the commands, the scriptures, for the, for the things that you like. Consumer Christianity doesn't like opposition. So consumer Christianity changes. It's the flexitarian diet. I don't like this teaching, so I'm going to change what it means. I'm going to change what it means about money and sexuality and submission because I don't like what it means. But Jesus is saying you got to be willing to be opposed and not change. Second thing that Jesus, that the cross reveals is, is shame. See, crucifixion was an incredibly shameful way to die. And the criminals that were, that were crucified were the worst of the worst. And they were often held on the cross for hours naked at eye level. So that passers-by could look them straight in the eye and hurl insults at them and spit in their face. Like we have a PG-13 image of, of Jesus on the cross. But crucifixion was significantly more horrendous than that. Naked for hours Jesus, the calling of Jesus says, you got to be willing to face the shame. you got to be willing to face the humiliation that comes with being a follower of Jesus. The Bible teaches us, Paul says, that the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Meaning that to those who are still blind to the truth about Jesus, they think it's silly. And Jesus said, he said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. And instead of hiding in our shame like Adam and Eve did, they hid in their shame. What do we do? We face it. As followers of Jesus, we got to be willing to deny ourselves and face the humiliation that comes. The third thing is suffering. 
Crucifixion was designed to prolong excruciating pain. So taking up a cross means being willing to suffer for the cause of Christ. In fact, the early church counted it a blessing, a blessing to suffer for Jesus. What? A blessing. And most of the early church, many of the early followers suffered for, for Christ. And why would, why would Jesus require that we would suffer? And he's not necessarily requiring. He's saying, are you willing? Because those who follow Jesus, they're going to face opposition. Right? You're going to follow teachings. And you're going to follow things that, that the majority of our culture don't agree with. And so you may suffer for the cause of Christ. And I would hazard a giant guess that in the next 20 years... In this nation, we're going to face the same level of suffering that some people are facing in other nations. Because we are moving further and further away as Canadians from what it means to be followers of Jesus. Are you willing to suffer? That's taking up the cross. And the fourth was death. The ultimate aim of crucifixion was the death of the criminal. It wasn't to torture them and then release them. And so when Jesus says... You know, if you want to follow after me, you have to take up your cross. What he's saying is you got to be willing to face opposition, and you got to be willing to face the shame, and you got to be willing to face the suffering and ultimately death that could come. What that means is, listen, you have to love Jesus and treasure Jesus more than you do human approval, and more than honor, and more than comfort. That's kind of the one where we kind of hang out in. More than life itself. Do we love Jesus as the followers of Jesus more than these things? He said this, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life, whoever loses their life, whoever denies themselves for me and for the gospel will save it. So at work inside of you, there's these two natures. There's your old self and there's your new self. The old self is the you that is you before you met Jesus, before you gave your life to Jesus, before he became Lord of your life. That's the part of you that gives in to the desires. That's the part of you that gives in to your sinful nature. That's the part of you that gives in to the temptations. And Paul talks a lot about putting off the old self. In the New Testament, he speaks a lot. He speaks in Romans and Colossians about this. And he speaks about putting off the new old self because we are new creations in Christ Jesus. And it says this in Romans chapter 6. He says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, with Jesus, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. In other words, that old self no longer exists. It's not about that old self. It's, that old self is dead. So we will no longer be slaves to sin, he says. So last week I shared about how in order to have that confession of faith in Jesus, we have to have a revelation of who God is from the Father. So once we receive that revelation, once God's revealed himself to us and our eyes have been opened, he graces us with a new nature. So we are able to deny our old self because of that new nature. We're able to live as followers of Jesus because of that new, new nature. You are only able to deny yourselves because there, that new nature is in you. So in you, there is, or in me I'll say, is the one that is being denied and there's a me that's doing the denying. There's the denying self and there's the denied self. The denied self is the old self that looks at opposition and looks at shame and looks at suffering and looks at death and says, no way, Jose. I don't want that. That's not for me. I'm not signing up for this. That's too much. 
The old self says no to that, but the new self looks at the old self and says, you're no longer in control. You don't rule anymore. You don't say what goes. I say what goes. And I love Jesus more than I love human approval. And I treasure Jesus more than I do comfort and honor and life. And so I'm ready. Even if it means i got to deny the things that are, that are difficult for me to swallow. It's really easy to deny yourself when it's an easy thing to deny. Right? Like when you're not used to eating chocolate and there's a piece of chocolate, it's easy to say no to chocolate. Right? Let me use coffee, for example, because most of us use co- drink coffee. I don't, because I'm, no, I'm not better than you. But maybe I, by saying that, was that a Floridian slip? I don't know. So let's say you drink lots of coffee. It's really difficult to deny yourself coffee, because there's in you at something that's craving that, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. You wake up in the morning, and you are not, you are the old self, you are the old self until you get a coffee and all of a sudden Jesus is born in you, right? And you're just like, I'm, I'm good. It's really difficult to deny yourself when it's a difficult thing. The idea of denial means it's difficult. It will not be easy. It might be a teaching of scripture. It might be an ideology. It might be a comfort thing. We would rather, listen, we would rather sit and binge watch Netflix or, or whatever it is, your streaming service, for hours than we would open up the Bible for five minutes. And then we're going to call ourselves followers of Jesus. We're not followers of Jesus. We're followers of the president of Netflix. I'll shop online on Amazon and all these online stores because I can't go to stores, and maybe I can, but I just don't like to. So I'll shop for hours and hours and hours, but give me 10 minutes in print. Uh-uh. I'm a follower of Jesus. No. I'm a follower of the guy who makes billions of dollars off of Amazon. I've got to deny myself. The new self says you're not in charge. There's more gain in following Jesus than there is in the world. So in the 1940s, there was this man by the name of William Francis Gibbs who was commissioned by the U.S. government to build an $80 million warship. It was a ship that could easily be converted into a warship that could transport 15,000 troops over to the war. But the problem was is that this ship that was built so that it could be converted to do so wasn't being used for the war. It was being used for pleasure. Instead of transporting 15,000 troops, it held presidents and heads of state. It had 2,000 patrons and in 695 staterooms, it had 19 elevators, it had five pools, it had three bars, it had two movie theaters. It was a place of luxury. So, so this thing that was designed for the purpose of being converted in order to do this mission wasn't being used for mission, it was being used for pleasure. And you know, I wonder if that's us. Instead of denying ourselves for, who, for our old self and, and stepping into that new self, we just want to be happy. Good vibes only. Pastor Call, this is not good vibes this morning. You are not sending good vibes. I'm sorry, I really don't even know how to send vibes. <laughs> I just want to be happy. The challenge of Jesus is to go beyond happiness. He says, what is it to gain the whole world but forfeit your soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Let me ask you this. Is your soul worth your present comfort? Is your soul worth your present ideologies?
What is eternity worth to you? Does the Jesus I'm following right now require any sacrifice of comfort, convenience, preference, style, desire, or temptation? I'm going to tell you that if your Jesus does not, you're not following Jesus of the Bible. You're following a man-made God, an idol, and you just call it Jesus. That's kind of sobering. I would, I, I would actually guess that according to the scriptures behind every idol, there's a demonic force present. Luring you in to pull you away from God. So maybe that Jesus that you follow is in fact a demon who's just disguised himself as an angel of light so he can bring you away from the truth of who God is. Oh, pastor, I don't like that. I don't like it either, but it's truth. Or do we just indulge our, our flesh and what we want to do and then we come to church on Sundays and we call ourselves followers of Jesus? See, the problem is, is we've traded information for intimacy. We just learn about God and we, and we hear about God, but we are not intimate with God. There's no relationship. And all of Scripture is pointing to a relationship, not information. You know, God doesn't care about how much you know about him. He knows all things. You know what he wants from you? He doesn't want you to know all things. He wants you to be in relationship with him. What happens when we stand before God on the day of judgment? We stand before God and we say, we're here. We're in the glorious day. We sang about this in church. We ran out of the grave and we're here in the glorious day. And Jesus is looking at us. We're like, I was good to my neighbors. I served on the dream team. I sprayed the chairs. I gave a Christmas time. I tithed. And Jesus looks at us and says, I don't know you. Because there are scriptures that actually say, Jesus said this. The same Jesus that shows compassion, you have to understand, the same Jesus that shows love and mercy and grace said there's going to come a time at the end of all things when we stand before God and he's going to separate He's going to separate into one group those who, who said we did these things and we followed after him. And he's like, I don't know you. And there's a group over here that's going to be like, I don't know when I did those things. And he's like, well, hey, I know you. We are going to be surprised in eternity who's there and who's not. That's the sobering truth that we'll stand before God and we'll look around the room and maybe we'll see everyone from church. Hopefully we will. Maybe we won't. Because God is looking for intimacy. He's looking for relationship. He wants you to know him. Not know about him. He doesn't care how much scripture you know. He doesn't care how many Bible verses you memorized. He knows them all. He wrote them. He's not impressed by your sword drills. You don't know what a sword drill is, it's okay. You can Google it later. Maybe we'll do one in church one day. Same Jesus that shows us mercy and grace is the same Jesus that says to deny yourself to pick up your cross and follow me. I invite the worship team to come. So let me ask you again, how far will you follow? First thing we need to ask ourselves honestly, like honestly ask yourself this, because at the end of the day, this is between you and God, not between you, me, and God. I'm not, I'm not keeping score. I don't, have a, I don't have a book that I'm like, okay, yeah, this person's good and this person's good. Sweet. Like I'm, it's not that. This is between you and God. So ask yourself. Be honest. 
Am I willing to deny myself to follow Jesus? My, my preferences, my pleasures, my temptations, my life, am I willing? Will I, will I follow and take up my cross because the answer is going to reveal your faith? Is, is Jesus worth following beyond the benefit? Why would I follow Jesus beyond the benefit? Well, I think, and I, I'm drawn to what Jesus did for us. See, Jesus suffered for us, the Bible tells us. That he was opposed, he was put to shame, suffered, and he died. For you, for me. Why is Jesus worth following? Because he did that stuff for us so that we could have eternal life. He says, hey, I'm making a way for you to come. I'm making a way for you to get eternity. I'm making a way, and it's free. The gift of God is free. Salvation is free. But it's going to cost along the way. It's like wanting to run a marathon. You've got to put in the hard work. It's a narrow road. So Peter, the apostle in the, in the Bible, Peter's the the bold one of the 12 disciples. He's, he's the one that speaks up probably when he shouldn't. He's the one that tried to walk on water. Peter would learn firsthand what it actually meant to follow Jesus, quite literally. See, church history tells us that Peter was crucified for his faith. But Peter, even though he had messed up along the way, and in fact, at one time, he even denied Jesus, right? Jesus was going to the cross, and Peter, I don't know that guy. But Peter had come to the place where he had so denied himself that he didn't count being crucified worthy of, of being done to him, so he had himself crucified upside down. It's like, there's no way I can be crucified the same way my Lord was crucified. Why? Because Jesus to Peter was more important. He loved Jesus more than he did human approval and honor and comfort and life. Do we? I'm not saying that that's going to be our life. I'm not saying that's what's going to be our destiny. But we can't even get off the couch. Shame on us. We can't even pray. Heaven forbid I post something about Jesus because someone might read it on Facebook and think, man, he's a Jesus follower. So what? Big deal. I'm not going to share with my coworkers because they make me fun of me. You know, in some countries, people are warned before they give their life to Jesus, before they're converted to Christianity, about the cost. They're saying, here, here's what you, like truth, here's what you need to know. Your family will likely disown you. There will be people who will try to hunt you down and kill you. And your life will never be the same. Are you prepared for that? I know of one family, and I'm sharing this because I want us to pray. And just as an FYI, this is public knowledge. It's on Facebook. The government knows. There's a family that is hiding in Canada right now because they're facing deportation. But being deported for them means facing religious persecution. Not somebody making fun of them because they posted something about Jesus on their social media. But it means that the, the, the children, there's three of them, one of them was in my old youth group, would likely be beaten 
because they call themselves followers of Jesus. The mom will likely be killed. So they're hiding from the Canadian government right now because the Canadian government is trying to deport them back to, to that place. And so there's, there's a lot of media surrounding it and you know petitions and whatnot to get two people, Justin Trudeau and some minister who has the power to sign a line and just say, you can stay. One family. Why? Because following Jesus for them is worth that cost. Now, they're not marching into their home country saying, I'm ready. But they're not willing to give up Jesus because Jesus means more to them. So in John chapter 6, verse 60, Jesus is sharing some teachings that is tough. And it says that some of the disciples, there was the 12 disciples, but then there was a larger group as well that were disciples and followers of Jesus. It says that some of the disciples said, man, this is hard. Who can accept this? And do you know what Jesus said? He didn't say, you're right. Let's make it easy so we can fill the room. Let's make it, let's make it more comfortable for you because I want you to stay. I want you to be a part of the family. So let's, let's make it fun and exciting. Maybe we'll get some laser light shows. He doesn't say that. You know what he says? He says, does this offend you? And it says in, in verse 66, it says that there were those disciples who turned their backs and no longer followed. See, the road to eternal life and the road of following Jesus is a narrow road that many of us won't walk. And pastor, this is really hard. I know, but it's truth. And I love you enough to say it. And it's just a progression of Mark, right? Like we're just going through the book of Mark. That's what Jesus said. I'm just saying what Jesus said. So what does it look like to deny ourselves? I think number one is that you will know when the time comes. But let me give you some questions. Will you give up your preferences to serve him? Will you sacrifice what's convenient for you to build his kingdom? Will you let go of what's comfortable to do what is right? Will you be willing to face opposition, shame, suffer and die for Jesus? Consumer Christianity isn't Christianity. And if the Jesus that you follow does not require any sacrifice on your part, then you're not following Jesus of the scriptures. So my, my question for you, and then the team's gonna lead us in a song of worship is how far will you follow? Because the challenge of Jesus is to go beyond the benefit. There's benefits. There's a benefits package. It includes a great pension, eternal life, true fulfillment, freedom from temptation and desire and sin, miracles. There's a cost. You gotta put in the work. So I'll invite you to stand and bow your head with me for a moment. We shared in the first service, Paul the Apostle was someone who was a persecutor of the church, just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're able. Paul was a persecutor of the church. He was actually going on a mission to kill and jail Christians. But then he had this encounter with God, with Jesus, that radically changed his life. And he went from someone that was persecuting the church to someone who was preaching the gospel for the church. And I don't know of many, but Paul, out of a lot of people, 
suffered greatly for the cause of Christ. And if, <laughs> I should have looked it up, but if memory serves me well, I, I believe Paul was actually beheaded for his faith. But, but it wasn't information that changed Paul's life. It wasn't just reading something that changed Paul's life. It wasn't having a preacher preach, a pastor tell a story. It was an encounter with God. And so what we're gonna do right now is we're just gonna worship. And my hope and my challenge for you is just in the quietness of your own heart, your own mind, is just engage with the presence of God in the room and let, let your spirit and let your heart encounter him. Because you're not gonna deny yourself you're not, gonna, you're not gonna have the willingness to deny yourself to take up your cross without that encounter. So Father, we just commit in this moment ourselves to you and we ask that you'd speak clearly to our heart. I ask for that encounter, God. Would you reveal yourself in a powerful way? Would you, would you show up? God, we know that you're here, but help us to sense you and feel you and be moved by you. In the name of Jesus, so as we sing this song, God, we can declare it with truth and we surrender all. In the name of Jesus, come on, let's worship together. The team leads us. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.